Good morning, Life Church, once again. So glad you're here with us today. I understand that online um, you can't see us, but you can hear us. So I hope you're listening well, because we're so glad that we can join you today and uh, be with you wherever you are. Uh, it's so great to see some familiar faces here. It's so great to see some new faces here. Um, come on, God is building his church, amen? Amen. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, my name is Matt Jansen, Matthew Jonathan Jansen. I am the lead pastor here at Life Church, along with my beautiful wife, Tanya, Cherie Jansen. And we have three wonderful kids, and we are so grateful to be your lead pastors. We serve alongside Pastors Mike and Ev here, associate pastors, and an amazing group of leaders, as you can see this morning, that God is continuing to build around us. And so we love what Jesus is doing here. We love that you're here today. I don't believe that there's any accidents. I believe that God knows exactly what he's doing. And we hope that today you experience God's moving presence, his powerful presence in your life. And uh, this morning, what we're doing, if you haven't been with us, I'll bring you up to speed, is we've been going through a series on our values. And we have eight values that we have listed. And we started this series by talking about our purpose statement. Five points for anyone besides Pastor Mike and Ed who can tell me the purpose statement for Life Church. Nailed it. Come on, Maureen. You got this. We are here to care for and bring people to Jesus. This is our purpose at Life Church. We've gone through six different values so far. We're on our seventh today. The first value is the Word of God. We build our lives on His Word. The second one is worship. We are a Holy Spirit-led church who lives to see God glorified in all things. The third is prayer. We are a house of prayer dependent on Jesus Christ. Come on. I feel the anointing on that one. Come on. Number four is rest. We will operate out of a place of grace. Number five is honor. Hey, we cheer each other on. Amen. Come on. We're for each other. We're pulling in the same direction. Actually, and number six, last week, uh, Maria Pahir so. surprised us all with a sermon. Come on. That was insane. And he preached, and then I got to preach a little bit afterwards on the subject of family with my beautiful wife. We are a diverse, welcoming community. And this morning, we are going to be talking about the value of growth. Does that help? Somebody say growth. growth. Kind of a funny word when you think about it, but don't think about it. Because I'm going to tell you what I mean by this. We believe that healthy things grow. We believe that a byproduct of a, of a healthy uh, a, a relationship with Jesus will be growth. Now we are not going to stay the same, but God actually has a plan and a purpose for us. I'm not going to preach it yet because what we've been doing every week is we've had one person come up and share a brief testimony or thought on the subject of that week. And guys, this morning, I'm so, I'm always so excited. This is the funnest part. This morning, I'm going to introduce you to somebody who's a new man. She's in with us. She serves at youth on Friday nights. We're so grateful to have her as a part of our community. Can we give it up for Christine Hallman? That's what we're getting for the mic. It's not coming from the back. Huh? Uh, are. The first one is spending time with him. 
for the priest. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. When things are difficult, am I intentionally redirecting myself to do tasks or spend time in places that bring me peace and joy? For me, that's spending time in or by the water. I like the crowd I should have aboard, uh, listening to worship music, taking a walk in nature, or reaching out to a life-giving friend. I also need to make sure that I stay away from things that can cause me to stumble. I need to protect my mind, my heart, and stay in tune with my body and care for the bones as well. I also want to mention that I've grown from my mistakes. This is why having people that bring me back to God is so important in the struggle. Being rooted in his words and spending time with him gives me a foundation so when storms come, and they do, we have him as our anchor. He forgives, redeems, and directs past and begins us forward for his purpose. Christine Cheney talks about there being 170 women mentioned in the Bible, but there's only one woman that Jesus tells us to remember in Luke 17, 32, and that's Lot's wife. We read in Genesis 19:23. the only thing we know about her is she looked back at the other pillar of salt. The Lord hung up in all the fact that was burning down, and what he's finished with, what he's delivered us from, but to follow him forward. Lot's wife looked back with longing, and she accepted him when she was only a few captains through. God had blessings and provisions for her, but she was content with being comfortable. Growth comes when we give our life to God's peace, and we follow him even when it's difficult. In 2019, after 13 months of Mission Canada, my work of the year was restored. God brought me out of my pit of hopelessness and despair and put my feet on firm rock. I don't always do this well, but I notice that when I focus on God, he brings me such peace. He has opened doors that never seemed possible. He walks with me, and I grow. So good. Oh, I love it. Come on, let's cheer around again, guys. Come on. We are honored. Amen. That was so good. Thank you. Oh, praise the Lord. I don't even know how I'm going to preach today. All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to the Word of God because that's better than what I can say. So 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. And also, if you want to thumb mark in Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, these are kind of our texts today. We talk about the subject of growth, and we talk about this idea that healthy things grow. There's a journey to our faith, and she was just talking a little bit about that. 2 Corinthians 3, he said it this way, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. And then Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 um, it says this, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, and each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Somebody say healthy. Somebody say growing. Somebody say full of love. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning, God. Thank you that your word is active, is living, Lord God, is sharper than a two-edged sword. Thank you, Lord God, that your word divides between the soul and the spirit and discerns the intents of the heart. Thank you today, Lord Jesus, that your word will accomplish what it is set up to do and it will not return void. Help us this morning, Lord God, to receive your word in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, when I think about faith and I think about this idea of growth in my life, I'm reminded of a truth. And the truth is this.
that I and you were not saved to simply go to heaven. Have you heard me talk about this before? We're not saved just to go to heaven. If you ask somebody on the street, why do you think somebody would, you know, become a Christian or get saved? And they might answer very simply, well, so that they get to go to heaven. But if that was the case, wouldn't God just translate us immediately into heaven? Another thing I've wondered about is, why is it that when I got saved, I wasn't immediately perfected? I mean, wouldn't that make so much more sense? If God's vision and and pathway for the earth is that all people would come to know the knowledge of him, wouldn't it make more sense if he had some perfect Christians walking around? I mean, I know some of you might think you are, but I don't know. I don't know. Some people out there might think that they are, but I don't know about that. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, can you imagine if God just like, you know, yes, Jesus, I receive you. And then it's just like, zap. You know, you're just like walking through the mall and you're like, word of knowledge. Uh, This, this, and this. And the lady's like on her knees, like bawling. And then you move and then you walk across the fountain on the water all the way over. And you go down and there's somebody down there in a wheelchair. You're like, zap, get up in Jesus' name. And they're like, oh, Jesus did it. And everybody gets saved. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be awesome. Maybe we're going to see it in our day, church. I don't know. But what I do know is that God is, he is so into us. He's so into our hearts, into seeing the character of our hearts grow and be transformed more and more into his image. God is after our hearts. And the, how many of the church, we actually have a purpose, and God has something for us to accomplish. But it's going to be accomplished not through us. It's going to be accomplished through him. Amen. And that means that the church is not a holding tank for heaven-bound Christians, but that we have a purpose for growth. And here's a verse that I feel is, is, is instrumental for this morning, and it's Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. And it says this, My little children, for whom I labor in birth again, until Christ is formed in you. You see, I believe that the work that God is doing in all of us as we interact with each other, as we pursue him to the best of our abilities, with all of our imperfections and all of our failures and all of our our weaknesses, is that he is forming himself in us. Every day is an opportunity for us to turn to him. And every day that we turn to him is an opportunity to grow. And here's my big thought today, my big idea, that Christ would be formed in us so that we could encourage others to be reconciled to God and see Christ formed in them. And how many know that Christ being formed in us, Jesus being formed in us, is not something that happens overnight, but it's something that happens as we pursue Christ. And as we pursue him, we grow. You know, um, I've started to see the effects of this in my own life in certain ways where I'm starting to recognize that growth doesn't happen necessarily overnight. We'd like to think it does. Wouldn't that be great, you know? Just like all of a sudden you're getting downloaded into your mind that you can do a certain task or a certain skill. But often these skills take time and repetition in order to see growth happen. And we know this, that healthy things grow. You know, like when a child is healthy, they grow. When a marriage is healthy, love grows. When a business is healthy, it grows influence and profit. When a plant is healthy, it grows fruit. But none of these examples happen overnight. In fact, often, it's a long obedience in the same direction. 
one of our, our mentors, Gary Best, um, says this. He says, living take t- things take time to grow. A very simple statement, but I think it's very true. That growth doesn't happen necessarily overnight, but growth takes time. And it's the simple steps of moving in the right direction consistently over time that produces the growth that we desire to see in our lives. As we see Christ formed in us, it's the simple steps. It's the things that, that um, Christine was talking about so, so wonderfully this morning, this idea of, of consistently pursuing him through the word of God, consistently pr- pursuing him through prayer, consistently pursuing him in community. And as we do this consistently over and over throughout time, he begins to be formed in us. And as Christians, our growth is not simply self-help, but it is allowing space for Christ to be formed in us. You know, as Christians, we have maybe a little bit of a different paradigm. This whole idea of growth is, is very, very popular. There's a whole uh, section out there today that, that really is built upon this idea of personal growth, self-help. The self-help movement has blown up all over the place. Maybe you've heard of people like Brene Brown and um, if we want to go back, like Napoleon Hill and and some of these others that are out there today that are really focused on this idea of self-help and personal growth. But as Christians, when we talk about growth in the language of a Christian, of a follower of Christ, what we are talking about is Christ being formed in us. Not so much that we are growing on our own, but that Christ is being formed in us in us. And this happens on two different levels. This happens on a personal level, and it also happens on a corporate level. Growth happens within us personally, but it also happens within us on a corporate level. And I I just, I whittled this down for you today um, to one thought for personal growth, and it is this thought right now that the first thing that we need to grow in is we need to grow in glory. Now, if I just left that statement right there, you could go home and think about that all day and go, that really bothers me. Grow in glory. What does he mean by that? What is he trying to say? Grow in glory. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound right if we get the glory. How many know that we weren't designed to take in the mass amounts of glory? We weren't designed to carry that ourselves. But in fact, what we were designed to do is take the glory and give it back to him. You know, I'm often um, maybe a little bit critical, uh, and maybe you have been as well, when you might be watching like a, you know, um, like a sport, like for instance, football does this all the time, where they'll have like, you know, the quarterback come up at the end of the, of the game, and, 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 the, and the, you know, the announcer that will come up, the reporter, and they'll say, hey, tell me about this game today. And the, the, the quarterback says, well, first of all, I just want to give all the glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You ever heard that before? Yeah, and, and there's a, definitely a part of me that's like, that, that just doesn't feel, I don't know, is that real? Is that legitimate? I would say that's the wisest thing you can do. Because we weren't designed to carry the glory. The glory goes to Him. All glory belongs to Him. And this is what I mean by this idea through personal growth and this, this reflection of continuing in the things of God is that our lives would reflect His glory. Let me show you this in 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Oh, I love this passage. We all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God. Now what do you see when you look in the mirror? I see this. 
I don't know if I necessarily see the glory of the Lord. So what is he meaning here? Looking into a mirror. You know, this idea that when we look into the mirror, we see the glory of the Lord. We're being transformed into his image from glory to glory. How are we transformed? And this is what I believe. I believe that we are transformed by looking into the word of God. And as we look into his word, this is where we often get it backwards. We think, oh, the mirror is the word of God. So I should see myself in here. I am David. I am Peter. I am. No, no, no. That's not what this is saying. No, no. It's that the word of God sees itself in you. That the word of God sees itself in you. We all with unveiled faces beholding as in the glory of God, the mirror, the glory of God are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory. We need to allow the word of God to work in our hearts so that we can grow in the grace and the knowledge of him. We need to allow the word of God to work inside of us so that we see Christ being formed in us. There's this, this verse in the book of John that says this, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and now the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, this, this, he became the embodiment of the word of God, Jesus, when he came. And, and we have the opportunity to do that as well. It's the character of God. It's his ways exhibited through Christ to and through believers. And where does this glory come from? It comes from the Lord. Psalm 84, 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Jesus said it this way, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they, we may be one, just as we, you and I, are one. Colossians 1.27, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So what does this look like practically? I know that's kind of a lot of high fluty words there. What do I mean by this practically? That, first of all, we reflect the glory of God. We allow the word to read us and not us to see ourselves necessarily in the word. But we submit and humble ourselves before him. And then his glory begins to be revealed in us from glory to glory. We reflect Christ in our relationships. And we reflect Christ in our accomplishments. When I speak of personal spiritual growth, I'm not talking about necessarily um, your added activities lining up with his standards. But I'm talking about true, this is from Dallas Willard, true Christ-likeness comes at the point where it's hard not to respond as he would. Practically speaking, this level of growth, this level of growing in glory happens when we become more like Christ and less like us. As we submit ourselves to him, we receive his glory, we receive his word, we receive his power in our lives. He gives us the power both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And then as we look in that mirror, we see Jesus shining through. We see Jesus shining through. That's on the personal level. And now on the corporate level, the purpose of growth is not just for you. The result of personal growth in the kingdom is learning to be others-focused. This transformation is actually also so that you can love others well. I love that passage in Corinthians that says he has reconciled us to himself and given us a ministry of reconciliation. 
God brought us back into right relationship with Jesus. He's forming Christ in us. We are growing from glory to glory every day. God's not done with us. He didn't, he didn't stop right when you started. He didn't stop when you first got saved, but he's growing in you. Christ is being formed in you from glory to glory. How is it being done? By us? No, it's being done by God. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory that is working in you, both to will to do for his good pleasure. But it's not just for you, but it's so that you can relate that to other people around you. And all this is about relationship. We're here to care for and bring people to Jesus. And we grow best in community. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in, in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I love this picture. So here we are. Okay, Christ, be formed in me today. Okay, God, I'm going to read your word, and I want it to read me. I want it to tell me about the things in my life that I need to have conviction about and the things in my life that I need to repent of and the things that I need to change and the way that I need to change my thinking, Lord God. I need it to read me. And then as I do that, I start to see over time, as I do that consistently, over time, the same obedience and the long, long obedience in the same direction, over time, Christ begins to be formed in me more and more. And then what is the evidence of that? It starts to pour out of my life to those around me. And so that now it's not just about me, but what I'm doing is, in fact, uh, reflecting the glory of God even to others around me. And in that environment, I don't need to be insecure. I don't need to look at other people and say, man, how are they doing so, things so much better than me? Because Christ is being formed in me. Do you know that Christ wants to be formed in you? doesn't matter what you've done, where you've come from. Today, if you would hear his call, if you would respond to him, today is the day of salvation and now is the appointed time. Christ formed in you. As you grow in Christ, you will inevitably help others to grow. And this is a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And so if I were to conclude this part today, I would say this, that Christ would be formed in us. His glory would shine through us and be reflected in us so that we can encourage others to be reconciled to God and see Christ formed in them. Are you following me? See Christ formed in them. So here's my, here's my challenge today. First, have you invited Christ to be formed in you? You see how easy that is? If you're here today and you're saying, I feel so far from God, it starts by crying out to him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you allowed yourself to invited Christ to be formed in you. And then second, are you in a space where you're able to encourage others to see Christ formed in them? Small group, church gathering, a mutually edifying relationship where you're encouraging each other in the Lord. This is important, church. We need to be in community so it's not just about us. We can't just keep all the glory inside. We gotta let it out to other people around us. Amen? And here's our heart for growth. 
when we talk about this idea. Because I think a lot of times when we talk about growth, we can often think that, you know, while Matt's talking about, we want to see the church explode and 2,000 people here. Maybe that will happen. But that's actually not the goal. The goal is this. Um, A.W. Tozer says this, Modern religion focuses on filling churches with people, but the true gospel emphasizes filling people with God. Our prayer and our heart for each one of you is that Christ would be formed in you. That we would grow together in the Lord as we pursue him and we would encourage each other on and we would continue to see him move in our midst and that you would thrive in your relationship with the Lord. Church, we love you and we're with you and we're cheering you on. And let's do this together because as we pursue him, a long obedience in the same direction, we will see the growth that God has for us and we will see Christ formed in us. Amen.